You are listening to the In Context podcast. Welcome to the In Context podcast. This is part three of the three-part series featuring Matt Oliver, Nathan Young and myself. This is the best of all three. In fact, this is probably the best podcast we recorded. Well, when I say best, I mean the shortest. So this is the shortest podcast where we will be looking at things like culture classes, culture shock, the differences between uh, middle class people and working class people and how there may be obstacles between different cultures and classes, but that doesn't mean that we can't work together, that we can't see uh, different cultures coming to serve different communities. So I hope this is a little entertaining, uh, not only entertaining, but I hope it will also be helpful for those of you who are considering uh, doing ministry in a different context. I hope you enjoy. God bless. But again, just briefly before we go, we've covered quite a few subjects. I just wonder what you think of the banter in hard places. Uh, Nathan, first of all, how long did it take you to get used to the banter and the culture change coming to uh, Middlesbrough? Um, I, I I don't know if I, I still don't know if I have to be honest. Um, <laughs> you still cry yourself to sleep at night. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I th- I think no. I th- I think you. you sh- yeah. I think if you take yourself too seriously, you're gonna find yourself in trouble, aren't you? I think. Um. I think that's yeah. I think that's what it comes down to. So even if you don't necessarily understand what somebody like Ian's saying half the time as long as you can you know smile and nod you'll be all right but um yeah I think yeah I think you've got to be able to to take a joke and don't take yourself too seriously take take the work that you're doing seriously but I think you need to be able to show that you can have a joke and I think that that goes a long way to um to to ingratiating yourself with people is if you can show that you know you're not above you know you're not above people having a little dig at you um yeah you must be getting good at it you had a dig at me in the first podcast didn't you <laughs> you're not being boring so like, he, he must have got used to it by now he must have uh, not, not not that you're old not to it matt matt's showing that he can take a joke so imagine <laughs> And again, though, but culturally, very, very, very different, as in, I'm flipping out from how we eat to <laughs> like, our portion sizes and like, your, your weekly calorific content, uh, to how we speak to one another. Uh, often, <laughs> often I can leave people thinking I'm very angry when I'm really happy. Uh, so, so on so many levels, personality-wise and, and culturally, how... <laughs> Why are you still here, Nathan? <laughs> I'm asking myself that every single day, Ian. Um, yeah, no, I, I like yeah everything that you've mentioned. It, it's it's just different, isn't it? Like, I think that we have to accept that um, ministry in housing estates, particularly in the north of England, if you're if you're from another area, it's cross cultural work. Um, I think that's the that's the reality of it, is that it is a different culture. All right, it might not be as different as if I went to Saudi Arabia and tried to plant a church there, but it's still it's still a different culture. 
um, in terms of everything you've, that you mentioned, you know, the language is different, family structures are different, um, social uh, structures are different, uh, people's values are completely different. Um, you know, the, the way in which people live is different, the, the jobs that people have is different. Um, just anything that you can think of to do with culture, it's, it's different. Yeah. Um, so we, we have to see it that it's, it's cross-cultural work. If you're, you know, if you're going from a posh place in the south of England to a housing estate in the north of England, um, you can't just think it's going to be exactly the same um, because, because it's not. Um, and it's not impossible to, you know, to get over that culture, um, the, the cultural differences. Um, like, I, I mean, I found it easier because I was, because I was joining a, a church that was already doing it. So because I had, because I had you and other people in the church, Ian, that kind of gave me a bridge into our community. Um, so there are people who can explain, you know, differences and so on to me. Um, I, I don't know what it would be like for, if you get just a, a single church planter or a team of planters who are all from um, from a posh place going into a council estate to plant. I, I don't know how they find it. I mean, that must be that must be really difficult to to kind of deal with those cultural difficulties without any kind of cultural insider to help them. Um, but yeah, I think I think that's a, a really important thing that that people need to be aware of that it's it is a cross-cultural work. It's not impossible, um, but it it does have its own unique challenges. And again, just like communication, even between the two of us, I don't know if you remember that time where you, you, you had a plan to do something and then you didn't think I was too keen, so you didn't bother. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah, you said, what did you say? You said, I, I said, oh, do you think I should do this? And you, you said, ah, oh, yeah, whatever, all right. <laughs> and, and I thought, oh, he thinks this is a terrible idea, I'll forget about it. And then a few months later, yeah. said, why did you never do that thing? I, I, didn't think, I didn't think you thought it was a very good idea. <laughs> um, yeah uh, that was just yeah that was just a, a matter of communication and um yeah what, what you understand by one thing might not be what i understand by it and and vice versa mm. um and it can be easy to just assume that because we're from the same country we'll be on the same page about everything but that's that's not the case um and if that's true for you know, two people who are Christians, then, you know, how, yeah, what are the, what's going to happen when you interact with people in your community who aren't believers, then, yeah, um, there's a real potential for miscommunication and not understanding what people mean or, um, or what they're trying to communicate. And so, yeah, there's, there's been plenty of times where I've been struggling to understand what somebody's thinking or why they would act in a certain way um, until you can kind of get into that mindset of the culture and and start to understand where they're coming from. You still might not agree with it, but you can kind of see where they're coming from at least. 
And and Matt, it's it's probably the transition one of being too difficult for you, obviously growing up and going to school with 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 northerners being a northerner yourself. But what difficulties as as a Christian because although you're from from a similar background to the people you're ministering to, you've been out of that background for a while, haven't you? Working in UCCF and then you were at uni before that, then after UCCF as an assistant pastor. Has there been any uh, transition difficulties for you within your ministry? Um, I think it's just, I think it, particularly from student, I mean, from student ministry to, to church ministry is a big difference because there isn't a turnover. Do you know what I mean? Like, and, and, and because the area we're in, even the church family doesn't have a big turnover. So like with students, it was like, you'd see them and it was almost it was really intense for a short period of time. And then they were gone. And then there was a new set of students and it was, and they're gone again. So there was always, something was always changing. Whereas the ministry here, change takes, change takes time. Do you know what I mean? Everything takes a lot longer. So you can't be like, oh, by this time next year, we'll have managed to do this. Well, chances are you're going to be anywhere near doing that this time next year. So some of it was a mentality thing from that, just in terms of a, that was just a cultural, a ministry cultural difference. Um, yeah, I think it does it does shape and change you differently. So I think I think maybe just my own maybe my own understanding of my own culture and what I was like, I probably changed and adjusted how I behaved because of not how I behaved, but how I spoke and various other things because of being in different ministries. So like. Particularly when I went in, I was in, I was a ministry trainee in London for a year, and like people just didn't understand what I was saying because I was, I'd speak, I was spoke too fast, I spoke too like, I just certain words just didn't make any sense down there. Do you mean so you, you begin? Okay, I have to speak slower, and I'll have to cut out some of the colloquial phrases, and and then obviously you come back home for the for Christmas, and you're very quickly back into like speaking how you would normally speak. Otherwise, everybody's going to take and make out of you becoming a posh southerner. So there was like. It's adjusting some of it, some of it's adjusting stuff like that as well. Um, I guess there was less of a difference for me, so it's not even like sport wise and things because everything's football around here. So, you know, there isn't a big rugby team in the north. I know the Newcastle Falcons, but they're in Newcastle, so I couldn't really care less about that. Um, but like everywhere else in the northeast, it's football, isn't it? It's not, it's not in Sunderland, is it? Well, it's no, not football going on in Sunderland, they don't have to play football anymore in Sunderland, sadly. Um, but you know I mean like that? That's it as a, as a kid, it's, it's football, and so there's, there's things like that that. Were, were kind of noticeable and were 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 easy to adjust to because you you're talking on the same kind of same kind of level but um yeah just a few different bits and pieces i guess even even some of the ways to the ways you the way you maybe uh dress that you because you can stand out you can stand out by the way you dress you might not think it's not much different you know what i mean but it but it can be massively so there's, there's a big shift in that between, you know, just being aware of, I think people, you, you've spoken about this before in other places, haven't you? It's kind of partly what you dress, but it's partly how you carry what you dress and people can tell straight away whether you're from where, whether you're from that area or that kind of culture, just by looking at the way of the things you're wearing and how you carry them off. Um, so there's probably different bits in that too. I would think there's probably been things where I've been aware of that, but. Well, we've we've seen that twice. Uh, me and Nathan when we've been together. The first time I think was in Saint Helens, where uh, everyone avoided me, thinking I was going to mug them. If you just want to share that, Nathan, because we've had two incidents, haven't we? One where I was seen as the outcast, and one where you were seen as the outcast. Yeah. So the 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 one that uh, 
Yeah, the one at St. Helens in St. Helens Bishopsgate in London. We'd gone down to, to meet with somebody from, from a church there um, who, who supports us. So, um, yeah, we'd, we'd gone to a, one of their lunchtime services. And so it's full of like people who work in, in the city. And so everyone, like hundreds of people in there um, and everybody's wearing suits because it's like during their, their lunchtime. And uh, I mean, we were just in London for the day. So we were just like wearing, you know, jeans and a hoodie or whatever. And, uh, but even though, even though we were both like wearing jeans and a hoodie, people talked to me, but not to Ian. <laughs> because, because they could tell that even though I wasn't wearing, wearing you know, a business suit, they could tell that, you know, I was, I was, I was like them because people can just tell it's just part of, yeah. it's just a cultural thing. People can tell that, that class divide, but then like you say, it works the other way. And that, I think the one that you're referring to is, um, or the one that I think about at least anyway, is, um, when Aaron and Amanda and, and Mark and Desiree were over from Michigan and we went, to, do you remember this Ian? We went to Morrison's with yeah. Matthew and Stephen and, yeah. uh, and with Aaron and Mark. And uh, we sat in the cafe. And so these, these two guys that we play football with were explaining this kind of cultural difference to these two Americans. And so, so Stephen and Matthew and I are like the same age. You know, we, we like similar things. Um, so in many ways, we're, in many ways we're quite similar. Uh, but what they were saying was that if they saw me in the street and they saw Ian in the street, they'd avoid me and they'd talk to Ian. <laughs> which, which I couldn't believe because, <laughs> and I think most most middle class people wouldn't believe that because, like, why would people want to talk to this like he's a big, like, oh, he's a big baldy skinhead. Um, so, so to a lot of middle class people, Ian might come off as like intimidating. Yes, he still looks like a bouncer. Yeah, people. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so people from a middle class perspective might see Ian as intimidating, and would have no issues talking to me. Whereas actually, where where we are, I come across as as unapproachable, and Ian is is the one who's actually approachable, and so, uh, yeah, that I, I mean I'm still shocked by that. However many years later that is, um. yeah, it is. But but again though, so so I, I have a trust because people can see me and think he, he's just like me. I think that works with the men a lot and with some women, but. Also, I think what Nathan is is being welcomed by uh, men, women, and children in the community as well as someone who, especially in the library, as somebody because he's like, I, I think I'm very demonstrative, and I look like some of the men in the area, and and some women have said they felt safe around Nathan. Not that they didn't particularly feel safe around me. But because of Nathan's more of a gentle spirit than I am and less demonstrative and, and the kids love him and even the men love him because they don't see him as a threat. Do you know what I mean? So they're quite happy to leave their wife and children in the library while Nathan's there because he's like a good guy. And uh, yeah, it's it's a, these things that when you start off church planting or even in ministry that you don't consider how you look, how you dress, how you conduct yourself. So I've got to really work on it. There was a member of the church, one of them who now works for me, but used to I used to remind her of bad things from the past, the way I used to like talk and I'm loud. And I remember that the worst one was flipping heck. 
when we used to have church in the house and I had a dog who was an absolute nightmare. And I said to the dog, sit down and get in your bed. And then, <laughs> and then this little boy started crying. And then Rachel said, oh, what's wrong with uh, Thomas? And the mum said, oh, because Ian shouted. And everyone was like, when did Ian shout? <laughs> she said, then at the dog, and he was like, no, that wasn't shouting. <laughs> so we can come across some of us just aggressive in our in our day-to-day -day talk. It's, yeah, so it's a learning curve for, for all of us involved in, in ministry. Some of the things uh, about my class is helpful uh, in ministry, but also sometimes it's negative, and, I, and I've got to tone some of my cultural sides down as, as Nathan has to, it's it's not just the middle class person in ministry that has to adapt to the situation. The working class people also have to uh, adapt as well, which has been a bit of a learning curve for me as well. Yeah. So on that on that bombshell, <laughs> we should uh, probably call it a day. Uh, is there any anything you else you'd like to share, gents? No, I think we've covered a lot of ground. I've, yeah, we've done a lot there, haven't we? We have, we have, yeah. I was just trying to think. Uh, I thought of a couple of other embarrassing incidents. That I thought I'll just kind of keep that off. The we'll point. save them, for, save, <laughs> save them for a rainy day. Yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll just keep it in the memory bank. I don't think I'll be sharing it. <laughs> oh, it's been great chatting with you both. Uh, thanks for joining me on the In Context podcast. I hope it's been of some benefit for our one or two uh, listeners. And again, I'm just really like to see your optimism, Nathan. Earlier on, you said that uh, if you're listening from down south or, or in America, uh, that optimism that somebody from down south will actually be listening to this is wonderful, considering the only people who are listening to it is like mine and Matt's wives. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. Uh, thanks a lot, lads. Speak to you soon. Take care. Bye. Bye. Bye.